0: it's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. Hello, friends. <laughs> Welcome back to The Right Conversations. I am very, very excited to have someone that I consider a very, very, very dear friend um, on the show today. And we're going to have just a conversation that you get to eavesdrop on, which is cool. Um so today we are having a conversation about Broadway friendship and the patriarchy with my friend Barrett Wilbert Weed. Hello, my dear. Hey oh my goodness, <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Finally. Will you introduce yourself for anyone listening who doesn't know you?
1: Sure. Um my name is Barrett Weed. Um And I think um, if anybody knows me from my uh, acting journey, you probably know me as Barrett Wilbert Weed. Um, I started using all three names when I was 17 and I thought Facebook was owned by the government. (laughs) Duck. But Wilbert is my middle name. Um, I only use Barrett and Weed for my real life. Um, But yes, I have made uh, I'm an actor. Most of my career has happened, um, on Broadway and off Broadway in New York. Um, a lot of people know me from the musical version of Heather's, uh, where I played the, um, Winona Ryder role, Veronica Sawyer. Um, and most recently I was, um, at Janice in the musical adaptation of Mean Girls. Um, and I've done a little television, Um, now started to write a tiny bit, although no one is paying me to do it, but that's okay. (laughs) Hey, that's where we all start, right? Yeah, you start off hating yourself in your apartment by yourself being like, Why do I think I can do this? and then you call your friends that do write, and they're like, No, that's normal, that's just keep doing it, just keep going, and you're like, How? and they're like, Exactly, let me (laughs) help you. So yeah, so that is me. Um, I'm a huge fan of podcasts as well. I try to like worm my way into as many of them as I <laughs> possibly can, um, because I love the medium. I love to um, to listen. That's my that's my favorite thing to
0: do. Is you to are a very good, good listener. Girls.
1: Am I? Okay, great. I'm trying. I want to be as good as it, as I at it as I possibly can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you really are. You like truly. You, yeah. Okay, okay. So, where do we even <laughs> want to begin with this? I, I
1: don't know. How should we talk about how we know each other cuz that's kind of fun.
0: Oh yeah, that's a fun story. You want to you want to start it off?
1: Yeah. You're my so you're actually my um I think you're the only really close friend that I have made through like an industry setup. Um, but we met through like a former publicist, um, because we were, <laughs> we were going to have, um, like a free fancy dinner at, <laughs> at um, the
0: Baccarat. This dinner was insane.
1: <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> but it was like, you only get that like, it was like, Barrett, you can bring a guest. So I brought my friend Sahar. Mm-hmm. And, and our old publicist um, brought Rachel, and I think it was mm-hmm. just the four of us, right? Yeah, yeah. And we were all kind of like sitting there, just having a great time, you know. And the the thing that you do is like they they're like, "Hey, come have free dinner," and then like post pictures on social media. And I was like, to have dinner like in a a free dinner in this really fancy place where there's crystals everywhere. It's just like a dream scenario.
0: Like I'll post whatever you want. <laughs> and, <laughs> But yeah. yeah, we had but such the, a blast that night.
1: It was really fun.
0: But you're definitely the
1: only person I have met in that way
0: and super clicked with where like it
1: developed into like a a, a really great um, friendship. I should say like the first person I met that way. Maybe not the only. Um,
0: but yeah, yeah, it was it was really cool. I, I like I remember leaving dinner that night and being like, I think I just made like a new friend hell yeah (laughs) and like here we are years later and so we do think about it that way but uh,
1: it's it's also because it's that's so categorically not either one of our styles like I love fancy things but I I don't I feel uncomfortable taking too many of them for free unless it's like a gift Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel
0: like you're the same way. Correct,
1: <laughs> but we tried it for a while. <laughs>
0: yeah, we did. <laughs> now we, now we just pay for the fancy stuff that we want. Yeah,
1: now I'll just buy it. It's fine. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we or whatever. <laughs> so let okay, this is a good transition into friendship. Like, yeah, I, I know. For me, making friends as an adult. And not, like, making people who I'm friendly with. Like, that's fine. You know me. I can, like, walk into a room and talk to whoever. That's yeah. that's All not right. an issue. Completely
1: extroverted. It has been very helpful for me to bring <laughs> you to with me places because <laughs> you can just talk to people and you don't have, like, a complex about it.
0: That You know, it's, sometimes I do internally. I'm just really good at, like, pushing through it. So, okay. like, that, that part's easy. But, like, the friendship piece, like, Finding people who, and you and I have talked a lot about this, not Mm -hmm. on a recording, but, like, finding people who are open, understanding, empathetic, compassionate, patient, uh, cares about the world, other people, it's really fucking hard.
1: Yeah, and it's also hard to, like, um, to look, be looking for new friends and read your, like, list of basically like ransom demands and then be like do but also like do I fulfill all of, like <laughs> am i also the person like or am yeah. i looking for like magical unicorn friends who just like
0: <laughs> right right
1: um, are perfect and like do i deserve perfect friends and then it's and then you go down if you're me then you go down a whole other <laughs> <spiral>.
0: <laughs> 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 but, what? Yeah. What have you learned about friendship in the last, I don't know, let's say since around COVID?
1: Oh my God. Well, I had a really weird thing happen, which Rachel, you know about, but maybe for people who are are eavesdropping on our conversation, they don't know. <laughs> I haven't been super forthcoming about it on social media because who cares about that? Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. nobody yeah. cares about this. It's boring. You it's don't need to post this a story weird. about it. Also because I think most of the people who follow me are like 16 and they aggressively cannot relate to the situation I'm in right now. But um
0: Hey, maybe they uh, will
1: now. And maybe they will now. Um uh on on my quest to like be a better adult, like one of the things I want to be better at is um like using my money correctly, like um, like using it well, you know, like donating to causes I care about, you know, using it to treat treat friends and take care of myself and my family but also like not wasting it so one of the things i did after mean girls or like towards the end of mean girls was i was like cool this was like the first big job i've had as an actor i have like significantly more money than i had a few years ago why don't i buy an apartment um which seems Smart. like a great idea you know that seems like a a nice normal smart adult to make yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> seems not stupid um so i bought an apartment which it, it is amazing is amazing property rachel has been there it's really cool it's Gorgeous. like a little like a uh it's a very like a modestly sized one bedroom apartment with some Garden in the back. Um, basically, bought the apartment to appease my dog, um, so that she will want to
0: continue to be my dog <laughs> and not so she don't... chooses you every day <laughs> and not
1: it's like somehow find another owner in a way, <laughs> but. <laughs> uh can you imagine that's a legitimate fear i have like my dog is is gonna become human and start like placing personal ads being like hello i would like a different owner i don't like my mom
0: you can pick me up at this address shall we go on from
1: (laughs) we're having interviews for new moms at this address (laughs) i don't have hands so i can't open the door but just come on in
0: you'll hear barking
1: you will hear barking
0: please come in um So I
1: bought the apartment and, um, I bought it because I could afford it. It was in my price range and I was like, wow, this needs a lot of work. You know, it hadn't been worked on since like the seventies and it was also in a co-op, which is very complicated because there's a lot of people, um, who you have to talk to when you want to renovate stuff and, um, and you know, they have to approve of all your things because you could damage the building if you don't. Uh, renovate things correctly. So long story, long, this is what I'm talking about. It's a long, boring story, long, boring story short. Um, I ended up, um, the apartment ended up needing way more work than I, um, anticipated, which is like Mm -hmm. tale as old as time. Um, and I ended up not being able to live there. Um, because it, it truly was just not, uh, it was like, there was a water main break. So the kitchen was not usable. It became a, it became a whole thing where I was like, okay, so I'm not going to be able to move in here. I thought for maybe like six months and that has turned into almost three years. So I've been, I know, so I've been at my mom's house for two of those three years. And then, and right now I'm, I'm literally zooming in from Los Angeles. Cause I was like, okay, if I, if I like uh, you know, if I can't live in New York, where else do I want to live? That's still a place where I could be, you know, reachable, uh, work wise. Cause you girl loves to work. Um, and so I'm in, I'm in LA. So it'll be by the time I get into my apartment in Brooklyn, it will be, I think over three years since I bought it. Um, which oh, is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm also, I'm just dealing with a ton of feelings of like displacement and whatever. And it has certainly taken a huge toll on my friendships. Mm. Um, one of my best friends got this incredible promotion and she, um, she was like, I think I'm relocating to Las Vegas, like from Greenpoint, Brooklyn. <laughs> I was like, okay. And she was like, is that crazy? And I was like, no, like do it this summer was there's no better time. And so yeah. She moved to Las Vegas. She loves it. She met an amazing guy there. And I think she's gonna stay. Um Yay. which I know we love love. Never in a million years did I ever foresee this friend uh permanently moving to uh Las Vegas. I don't think she did either. Um but so that happened. Um you know and then I I had a couple of um friendships that um it just became clear that we needed to Go our separate ways. Um yeah. and there are people, there are people I love. There are people who still mean so much to me. And I really do like think the world of them um it's just, you know, sadly this is a this is a weird thing about becoming an adult is like sometimes you outgrow friendships or sometimes you know you you've grown away from each other um and it, rather than holding on to it in a way where you can never ever be friends or reconcile again sometimes you just have to to you know drop the bag and um yeah. let them do their thing and then um you know see if there's a way you can reconcile
0: later down the line um it's so, so you- hard though like it's so yeah. hard to not yeah. Hold on to it so tightly. I know. But the
1: weird thing is, like, and and correct me if if you don't feel this way, but I feel like once you do it once, like once you just practice
0: oh yeah, it gets to so let easier. it go,
1: you can do it. Like yes. once you go through the the heartbreak of being like, I don't think there's anything more I can do here without um like hurting myself mm-hmm. um, more than is necessary um you know cuz when we love people we're whether it's platonic or not when you yep. love people you're going to get hurt in some mm-hmm. kind of way but there's like you know there's a difference between getting hurt and continuing to put yourself um like at a deficit way. just because you love someone yeah um so yeah that's that's part of it but then also the beauty of like you know making space um like you know making i guess when you when you let when you release what's the the way i want to phrase it i guess the good thing about when you release a friend um is that you have space in your life for other people to either people you're already friends with to step up to the plate and to play a bigger role in your life or you also have space for new people and i think uh one of the cool things that happened when i was in Massachusetts for two years was I did make new friends, um, excuse me. I did make new friends and, um, it has become clear, like, uh, how capable I am of like being in long distance friendships. Mm. Um, cause I just like to chat. Like, I don't, I, that's like my favorite version of friendship is like, you're very good at that. I just like to well, but I think it's also a way in which you and I are compatible, like we just like to talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're very chatty girls. Like that's, just... that's true. Yeah. Um. And it's not like, uh, you know, some people when I, when I call them, some of my friends, they're like, they'll answer the phone and be like, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, I was just calling to say hi. And not everybody is comfortable with like a, <laughs> with like a random phone call. <laughs>
0: Which but is I so think- funny because when we were kids, that was like the only way to talk <laughs> and call, right? Like and we even right. had to go through parents. Like, yeah, hi, Mrs. So and so. Like, is so and so home? <laughs> yeah. yeah, phone etiquette. Yeah. Phone? yeah, And now we're like, uh, I'll just text. It's fine. Hi, this is the Wilbert household. Who may I yeah. ask? The <laughs> I definitely tried to run my house like an office, like as though I was the secretary. Like, <laughs> thank you for calling the Gibbs residents. This is Rachel. How may I direct your call? I am obsessed
1: with that. <laughs> um, literally, just a little, like a little 1970s secretary with like a giant cup of coffee and like giant cookie Dolly Parton
0: nails. Yep. That's what I imagine. Yeah. That's, I but think, it- what I also... <laughs> in my head just nine to five just, <laughs> <Yep>. just <laughs> I'm clicking my
1: nails on the <laughs> test like, so <laughs> I think I also just I was obsessed with wanting to be classy like mm. I I definitely there was definitely a period in my um childhood where I was very aware that other kids had like way more money than we did. And like I associated like manners and like table manners and like phone etiquette with like, like that was all very aspirational to me, which is so funny to think about now. But also like, I mean, Samantha was fully my favorite American girl doll. Hey, me too. (laughs) I mean, because she's fucking aspirational. like <laughs> we've never talked about that before. It makes sense. Doesn't yeah, it totally does. It absolutely like, makes sense. You're like this classy ass bitch. Also, like, did she have, like, a special place in your room? Like, she's, like, yes. immaculately taken care of. She's, yes. Like, that's Samantha. Samantha's yeah. better than all of
0: us. <laughs> yes. Also, my my very, very, very best friend in kindergarten through third grade was also named Samantha. Oh, and so uh, I was like, um, I actually have a friend named Samantha. It was very fun. Oh my God. And she
1: wasn't a
0: Sammy or a
1: Sam. She was a Samantha. No, Samantha. I. Love it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We love, we love Samantha. She now lives in uh, Napa with her husband and two kids. And... Absolutely. Yes, she does. Samantha. Yep. It's amazing. <laughs> so, okay. Question for you about friendship. Okay. How do you think friendship has evolved for you from, let's say like end of high school, college time till now?
1: Oh my God. Um, the, I mean the problems that we have as like adults, I guess like new adults, right? Because I mean mm-hmm. that's, we haven't had like a ton of experience being adults, but the um, the problems are more complicated. But then there are also things that hopefully your friends are also experiencing. So it's the problems are more complicated, but usually it seems like somebody has some good
0: advice somewhere, Mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's really interesting. Do you think you're, I hate the word standards, but (laughs) for lack of a better word than me not sitting here trying to come up with one. Do you think your standards have changed in terms of who you allow in and who you invite in and, and invest in emotionally?
1: Um, I'm glad you asked this question because I think my, um, the way that I am a friend to myself has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, like, I, I think I'm a lot kinder to myself than I used to be. Like, you know, I, I, most of the time, um, unless there's like something going on that I'm not addressing. And then I start to feel really, really terrible out of nowhere. Like, um, you helped me with that problem this morning. Literally. <laughs> you were like, what are you feeling such shame about? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> helping me figure it out. Uh, yeah. yeah, side note, to anybody listening, really handy to have a therapist as a friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I try not to take advantage of it, but it's so tempting. <laughs> you definitely don't. Okay. You, you're you actually like one of the most cautious people around it to the point where I'm like, talk to me about your feelings. It's fine.
1: Okay. Well, that's good. Thank, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think I just didn't really value myself um mm. enough for a long long time um mm-hmm. like I feel like I talk about this in every I mean not that I do that many interviews I'm not like an actual famous person I'm just like I'm just a little bit famous to like a small handful of people but like <laughs> every
0: every interview, that's a wild kind of famous though like <laughs> It's like a very unique brand.
1: I'm very grateful to them because they really want me to have a career.
0: And I'm like, yeah. thank you.
1: Please keep talking about it, please. Because I need another job.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> Available yeah. for hire. Oh my God. Truly,
1: I know. Sometimes I want to like rent a billboard and be like, do you guys know that I don't have a job and I want one?
0: <laughs> um, yes. I'll be but sure I, to I put I, that I was- on the uh, Instagram post for this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a conversation about how Barrett Wilbert Weed really needs another job. <laughs> um, yeah, because also, I mean, I was on a TV show for two seasons, and then we got—we did not get renewed, which is the really nice way of saying that we got canceled. So yeah. um, we we're actually looking for new work. But anyway, um, back to the question that you asked me. Uh, I think I—I I was not treating myself very well for a long, long, long time. Um, and I, because my standards for how I was treating myself were so non-existent, I definitely Uh had a lot of people around who I think, you know, no, nobody's a villain. It's just like, everybody's dealing with their own stuff. And sometimes the way that people deal, um, with their own internal chaos is to like, take that out on the nearest target. Uh, and I think I just registered that as like normal friendship behavior, uh, Mm. until I started like just kind of exploring, I was like, I'm tired of like not having self-esteem. I'm going to see like how I can cultivate this. And I started like researching it and just, I mean, truly when people are like, isn't it like the, my favorite murder girls who are, who are like, um, you know, if you can't generate your own, uh, serotonin store-bought is
0: fine. I think so. I think so. Yeah, think my, my
1: version of that is like you can't generate your own confidence organically. Like store bought is fine. Like you need to go read a book about it, or just like look in the mirror and be like, "We love ourselves today." Okay, like <laughs> for a year, like that does help, and it's also fine. But yeah, I mean, once I started kind of treating myself with respect, then I started to notice that other people around me. Uh uh weren't I'm not gonna say that they weren't, I'm gonna say they they weren't able to do it. Um I think because we most of the time we talk to other people the way that we talk to ourselves. Uh Um and like obviously on a sliding scale, like I there are (laughs) terrible things that go through my head about myself where I'm like, we're not gonna pay attention to that today because where the fuck did that come from? And I'm obviously not going to say that to myself or to my friends, but I mean if you're, if all you're saying to yourself is negative things, and if all you're seeing in the world is that, like, people have things that you want that you don't have, and you don't know why, like, that's a dark place to be in, and so if that's, like, if that's your entire internal monologue, like, And then the only thing you're going to be able to pull out and say to other people is like, it's not going to be very nice things. Um, Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah. It
0: makes a lot of sense. It (laughs) makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Uh, How do you, oh, go ahead. No, that's okay. No, you, no, you, no, you, no, (laughs) you.
1: No, I was just going to say, I think my only, the only standards that have changed for me are like, (laughs) you have to actually like me to be my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Shocking.
0: <laughs> That's a good one. Hot take. Yeah. Super, super hot. Like me to be my friend. <laughs> what a concept. You have to not
1: secretly like want to skin me and wear me like a coat. Like you have to not, <laughs> you know, it's, you got to not want stuff from me.
0: How do you deal with that when people don't like you or want things like how, how do you suss that out?
1: The second part I never see coming.
0: Mm.
1: Never. And it's mm. it's a newer problem, I think, because I it's so hard for me to imagine that I have again, because I was late to the self-esteem game. It's so weird for me to imagine that I have anything that anybody else would want. Um and I it's still hard for me um to imagine that and you know but then i guess when i'm making like you know when i'm like you know practicing self-care and i'm making my little gratitude lists you know it's like well what are you grateful for grateful for my mom grateful for my dog grateful for like that i have a a talent and a skill set that enables me to support myself financially grateful for these things and then i guess. At the end of the list, I'm like, I guess these are things that other people might Mm. like to have. Um, But I also think that's, it also always comes as a surprise because I'm like, I I feel like anybody can have this, but I guess they can't. Um, And that's why I'm great, or not that they can't, but I guess not everybody has all of those things like right now.
0: Yeah. But yeah.
1: I also always see it as like, I mean, there are people who have both their parents, like, You know, I watched my father die from cancer when I was like a little kid. And then like, you know, I don't, I don't have living grandparents. Like, uh, I, I'm estranged from most of my family, except for like my mom and my, and my one cousin who I really like. And, you know, we, we were more or less adopted by this incredible family in Rhode Island, but you know, they're not my, they're not my biological family. Like I, I look at my life as like, a as a whole, I'm not pulling out just the good things and constantly focusing on that and i think um some some people see the good things that i have and they they would like to take them for themselves but i don't but that's not really possible you know yeah um,
0: so it it sounds like that yeah that part is very hard to
1: not sound like I'm high on my own supply because no
0: (laughs) no I know yeah it's a
1: weird thing and you have been my friend you have seen it happen it is a weird I have yeah a weird thing where I don't um I don't see it coming and and usually my friends are trying to warn me of like that person thinks that they can get something from you or you know, that, that guy is trying really hard to date you because he thinks that somehow you can help his career or, you know, sad stuff like that. And I just don't, I don't want to think that people are capable of that. So most of the time, turn a blind eye to it. And I just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a personality type that I don't really understand, Mm -hmm. but yet at the same time, like I have a lot of friends who are Way more successful than I am, or not even a lot. I have a, a small handful of friends because I think most of my friends are are pretty normal people at this point. Um, but I have a small handful of friends who are way more successful than I am, um, and I am I am very like inspired by their success, and it's like it's thrilling to watch. It's so exciting, especially because I know them to be like really kind and generous people. Um, but like all i want from them is to be their friend i'm not trying to like go to events right. with them and get my picture taken and like so i'm always checking in with myself being like are you you know is are you sure that like that they know that you don't want anything from them mm. and so then I'll, and so, so then i'll go have a bunch of really awkward conversations like once every two years just being like you know that i don't want I, that I'm not sitting here expecting you to like help me. And they're like, no, Barrett, I know that you don't want anything to be And I'm like, okay, cool, cool, go, cool. cool.
0: Like, well, yeah, because you don't think that way. Like, and no, I'm just trying to be happy. I just want to yeah. have, have a big
1: circle of friends. I think like my ideal friend scenario would be like to know a bunch of like cool, trustworthy, really fun people in every major city. So that like when I'm traveling or whatever, I don't feel like I'm just out in the world on my own. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's nice to feel like it's a small world sometimes.
0: The honeypot is more than the products in your bathroom cabinet. It's embracing that time of the month. It's staying balanced through the ups and downs, good sex and bad sex. It's exploring, it's learning, it's plant-derived, Powered by Herbs and Science, the first complete personal care system to get you what you need when you need it. Check out The Honey Pot at Target, Walmart, Walgreens, and on thehoneypot.co. You can enter code RACHEL20, that's rachel E L two zero for 20% off your first Honey Pot order on thehoneypot.co. And then for the people that don't like you, how do you navigate that?
1: I don't know. There are a lot of people I don't really care for either, but I don't, I don't think I'm, I mean, typically you can probably, I mean, you're listening to me talk probably more than I am. So like, <laughs> I, I don't, I think there are people who have like, like hurt my feelings, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be like, Ugh, I don't like him. I would just yeah. be like, Yeah, I have like had some like sad experiences with that person.
0: I Um, think that people think that you are like harder than you are.
1: Totally yes. Well, I also, I mean, I also play like, like again, I'm I'm like a I'm barely a famous person, like. But in the in the career that I have had, like those are the roles that I play. Um, I think because like. I do have, you know, I do have, like, I think more anger than most people have, but I don't think that's, like, a bad thing. Like, I'm not out here, like, Mm -hmm. punching people. Like, (laughs) I'm, like, playing characters that wear a lot of eyeliner. Like, that's that's how I express my anger.
0: (laughs) Also, though, like, playing characters. Like,
1: like yeah. I had a director say to me, uh recently it's really unsettling how um easily you can tap into your anger and I just said thank you (laughs) because it's it's, how do you respond to that it's like a character that I'm that I'm good at my job
0: yikes
1: (laughs) I was like what's she's angry character's angry right now she's pissed like do you want me to do you want me to be less convincing like do you want me to scare you less
0: (laughs) well and you're also like your sense of humor can be sarcastic which i think sometimes people often make synonymous with like you know right
1: i I think also because and anybody who is from massachusetts um can probably attest to this we have a weird sense of humor there is i didn't know this it's a very dark like backwards sense of humor but like but you don't make these jokes like because you're being passive aggressive like you make a joke because you see an opportunity to possibly lighten the mood or make somebody laugh or you know but it's just it can be really misguided (laughs) (laughs) one of my one of my friends out here her boyfriend is from Massachusetts and I I just met him recently and we were I got such a kick out of him. He's a he's a writer. He's like clearly a great dude. And we are thrilled for her. It is he is a great person. Um, but he's from Massachusetts. And we were standing in the kitchen, like doubled over, like laughing our asses off because we're both just like, I don't think there's like a better way to put it other than like we're both like sick (laughs) bucks. Like when I'm in a place where I, I feel like I can really really like unleash my true sense of humor like yeah i think a lot of people would say it's a fucked up sense of humor
0: but fabulous
1: but you know that's i, I don't know i just i've made friends with my with my darkness and i wish yeah. more people would because i think yeah. it's you know i
0: agree okay i'm gonna take a sharp left turn Okay, <laughs> you're driving this car, honey. You take
1: us where you want.
0: <laughs> so we we have two we have two topics left in about mm, ten to fifteen minutes. So I'm going to let you okay. decide how you want to do this. Okay, so we're going to talk about the patriarchy, and we're going to mm. talk about Broadway. And sure. those two could go together. Yeah, they really could. Um, <laughs> where, we, where do you want to dive in with this? Mm.
1: No, let's start with the start with the patriarchy and see where it overlaps.
0: Beautiful. <laughs> okay. So, how would you say mm-hmm. that the patriarchy has affected your life and career? Um.
1: Well, life. Very, ooh, can you hear that? The helicopter.
0: No, you're fine.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm in this place in LA where there. I think I'm right under a helicopter flight path. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> there are like a lot of helicopters here, and I don't really know why i'm sure someone will tell me but
0: um, (laughs) yeah someone who's listening let us know
1: somebody somebody will know um but yeah uh anyway back to your question um so i mean in my life um i didn't realize how um kind of strange this is but i or I guess not strange in a like, oh, that's so weird, but more like in strange, as in like unusual. I didn't realize how unusual um my childhood was insofar as my um so my father passed away when I was little. Um, and my mother opted not to get remarried. Um she just she'd been married once before and she was kind of like she didn't really want to get married the second time. Um, and I think She, I don't think she'd mind me saying that, but I just thought about it before I edit that up, but she, she'd been married once before and, uh, and she married, married my father and, um, you know, and he died. So I think she was kind of like, I, I think I'm done being married. Um, so she was not, uh, you know, and no criticism to anybody who is, but she was not really looking for a stepfather for me. Mm -hmm. Um, she was not. Like I have a vivid memory of seeing um, The Life Aquatic. And mm. remember how Kate Blanchett is, she's pregnant in that movie. Mm-hmm. At one point, she says, uh, her character says, I have to find a father for this baby. And mm. I remember not, not even being upset when I saw that or anything like that because it's a movie. Like, what a waste of time to be offended by a movie. But I just like, I remember hearing it and being like, what? like genuinely, like when you put a code into the computer and the computer is like error, error code. Like that's, (laughs) that's mostly, I think that's also another reason why people don't understand my sense of humor sometimes. Mm. Um, but I don't get it. Like, that's not, that's not how I grew up where like a man is a necessity. A father is a necessity. I grew up with like yeah, my, you know, I I had a dad, he passed away. Um, and my mom dates people, but we're not having men stay in the house. Like that was another right. thing where she was like with everybody she dated, she was like, We're dating outside of the home. Like, mm-hmm. this is my daughter's house that I share with her. So you're not sleeping at the house. Like we're not having men sleepover at the house ever. Like I never woke up to one of my mom's boyfriends in the house. And again, it's not like a judgment on, you know, Mm -hmm. the reverse of that. It's just, that's how I grew up. Um, And I also didn't grow up with any, you know, uh, male blood relatives being around a lot. I grew up with very like optional um, dudes. And and my dad had a couple of close uh, male friends who kind of stepped up after he died. And, you know, they... But mostly it was just, like, to help. It was, like, does Barrett need to pay, be picked up from this? Or, like, has anybody taken Barrett Christmas shopping? Like, you know, because it's no fun for, like, for you to go Christmas shopping with your mom when you're buying presents for her. <laughs> yeah. Like, stuff like that. But it was not really, like... You know, and, and all the, all the men in my life that I grew up with, like, they're all, like, classic, like, nurturers, caretakers. Like, I don't have any, um, I guess, like, I don't even know how, I don't even know to call it, Rachel. I don't have any, like, scary men who you have to, like, be careful of, like, their feelings or whatever, who are in my family. Um, so, like... And I never, I never really realized, it's only in retrospect do I realize that like a lot of the like male teachers that I had, for example, like early in life, like didn't know what to do with me. Um, I like, I think about, you know, um, because I also just, I wasn't raised to like be deferential to men in any way. Like I don't, it's not something I understand. Um, I still don't understand it, and it tends to it tends to not i wouldn't say bite me I almost said bite me in the ass, but that's not really correct like um it's it mostly just when i when I walk into a room, it's very, very clear to me like who I'm gonna be able to make a connection with and who I'm not mm-hmm. um, and all the kind of, like, jokey misogyny that we have in our culture, like, it's not, again, it's it's not even that I'm, like, offended by it. I just, I think it stands out to me more than it would to someone who maybe didn't have this kind of upbringing. Like, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, most of the directors that I've had for theater, um, it's been mostly men and a lot of them have been absolutely lovely like i can't say enough nice things about um matthew gardner at signature theater in dc he's an angel like i mm. i really really think he's wonderful and i would love to see him direct a show on broadway cuz i think we need more people like matthew um but uh you know he sticks out as like number one favorite director i've ever worked with ever um and it's also because he's you know someone who by the end of a process like he's your friend like he's still and i think that's a much more um i think that's a much more feminine attribute honestly or classically feminine is that like at least when we're talking about um a certain brand of men who's really scared of women being in charge because they don't want to be treated (laughs) the way that they treat women. Like they don't want to be abused basically. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the irony of that is that at least in my personal experience, 90% of the time when women are in charge, we want to collaborate. It's a, It's a conversation. It's it's much more communal. It's much more like we're going to, everybody's going to come together. We're going to designate jobs and everybody's going to share the load and everybody's going to be comfortable. That's been my experience. Um, and also I think like in the, in the rare instances when I've been able to like be a leader at work or, um, be, find myself like somehow like in charge, um that's what I'm trying to be. I'm not always successful, but I'm I much more prefer to not have like one person <laughs> telling everybody what to do and making everybody else feel inferior, but sadly like that is kind of um it's kind of the culture that I have found myself in a lot in rehearsal rooms. Um yeah, in in general and it's very like foreign to me. And so I think, uh, especially early in my career, a lot of the feedback I would get via my reps is like, oh, Barrett's disrespectful, or she doesn't take direction, or she has like, Mm. she has her own idea about how she wants to do a character, and she doesn't waver from that, like, or she doesn't, you know, she doesn't know how to, like, it was just a lot of, um, it was a lot of professional feedback that was actually like, uh, personal feedback. But it was veiled as, like, it was veiled as, like, oh, well, she can't take direction. And it's, like, okay, well, I don't remember not being able to take direction. I just remember asking to have, like, a five-minute conversation with you about, like, scene work. Or, like, I just remember requesting to have table work so that we'd all be on the same page so that we wouldn't have to rehearse the same scene over and over and over and over again, like... It's more just like, you know, it's a...
0: It sounds like in your attempt to collaborate, it was seen as pushback.
1: Yeah, nobody wants to... Nobody really wants to... Um, at least in my experience, and I hope this changes, I'm always looking for more directors like Matthew who don't feel threatened when somebody wants to mm-hmm. have a conversation. Um yeah. And also it's, I think that's a huge reason why I feel so comfortable in film and television, because it's, it's always a conversation. It's like, you know, you have a, you're given a script. They, at least in my, again, this is all in my experience. I am sure that everything I am saying is like completely foreign to some people, but this is, But you asked me the question. So I'm trying to answer it as myself. So everybody just take it with a grain of salt. But, um, Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you get a script. Um, if you're like me at the, you know, at the place in my career where I am with film and television, where I'm mostly just, you know, I'm not like the, the star of the, of the story yet. I'm just, you know, coming in to support or to be comic relief or to be, um, like a musical element. Um, that was my last job. Um, everything is a conversation. Like the director wants to make sure that you understand, you know, that you understand and that you are on board with their vision. And obviously that is completely dependent on like what, how, how much time you're gonna be on set. Because if you're popping in for one line, it's probably gonna be a quicker conversation, but it's right. still, everybody has to communicate or you wind up with a crappy product. Um, yeah. And that's not necessarily true for theater. I think you wind up with a better product when everybody is, open to having conversations and open to communicating. And I think you come to that better product actually more quickly when people feel comfortable to ask questions. But I'm sure like someone listening to this has probably been in a situation where like, you get to the end of a theater director explaining where you're supposed to be. And they're like, are there any questions? And it's, you don't wanna be the person to ask the question um yeah. because you're very aware that you you cannot waste any time cuz time is so finite but it's 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 interesting to me that we have less we have less time to put things together in theater um and there's even less 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 time to have conversations that would clarify things so that you could work uh faster and better um but also in film and television there's there's no time there's you have to be right. you have to stick to the shooting schedule where you cost people a crazy amount of money because the budgets are huge like i i don't even uh the last the last tv show i worked on was um it was an eddie burns show called bridge and tunnel that was on um epics which i think is a pretty, branding to amc plus which is kind of exciting oh i know but i could be wrong about that i don't know if it's just the streaming part or if it's the or if it's the actual channel um but he he told me because he comes from independent um independent film world Mm -hmm. um and one of our one of our actresses, she kept she kept just like getting in her own head about this line, and then she was like, "I'm so sorry, I feel like I'm wasting so much time." And he's like, "Let me let me tell you a story because he has like a great Queens accent. I don't do his voice very well, but I feel like I do it well enough where it's recognizable." Okay. <laughs> but he, um, I think, like his biggest role that people would know him from, like in like commercial film, is uh, he was in Saving Private Ryan. He's like very 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 handsome. Um, and I guess there was some, forgive me, I'm not as familiar with that movie as I should be, but there was some scene, obviously it's like, you know, a war movie. Um, there was some really complicated scene that every time they shot it, it cost like 50 grand or something. What? I want to say that's how much it was. It was a, whatever... Whatever tracks as a lot of money to you, it was a lot of money. <laughs> and, um, so, like every time they shot it, it was let's just say every time they shot it, it was 50 grand. Um, and there was something that happened where he, he, uh, something happened where they had to do it again. And he came, Steven Spielberg came over. That's the director of Steven Spielberg, right? Edit this uh-huh. out.
0: <laughs> I think so. Okay, now he I'm second over, guessing myself.
1: I think it's Steven Spielberg um, came over to Eddie and he wasn't mad or anything. Um, Cause it's like a huge studio film. Like they, they got the money, but he yes, came it's over-
0: Steven Spielberg. Okay, great.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm not <laughs> a total failure, <laughs> but he came over to Eddie and he was like, Hey, um, can I talk to you for a minute? And he was like, yeah, sure. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I messed up that last week. He's like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, so how, what was your budget for the brothers McMullen? That was like Eddie's first uh, independent film that like kind of put him on the map uh, where he, he wrote it and directed it. It was, it was his film. Um, okay. And Eddie was like, oh, it was really, it's really small. It was like 50 grand. And he was like, okay. So uh every time we do this shot, it's the budget for your whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, so take a minute. And, and Eddie said, I just looked at the ground and I was like, what do you even what do you even say to that? <laughs> it was like, so just take a minute, you know, take five minutes, oh my grab God. grab the A D, go over your line, go go rehearse it, step through it, and then we'll go again. But wasn't mad, wasn't screaming, yeah. wasn't like, God damn it, Eddie, every time it hasn't been and I've heard stories where film directors do scream like that. Um I think well, they're not hired as much as they used to but it was a calm conversation where he was like every time we film this it's 50 grand so take five minutes now and rehearse so that you can get it
0: yeah it's amazing how much more we can get our point across when
1: (laughs) we just
0: talk
1: you know um but yeah i like stories like that and i think yeah they're, they're few and far between Uh, on Broadway. But I also know we have so many, especially post-pandemic, we have so many new people coming in who are a little quieter, who are a little calmer, who don't even have the capacity to yell. I think that's what I admire so much about, again, Matthew Gardner. Um, I'm sure people are like, who? And I'm like, go Google him. Yeah, (laughs) He directed me in Cabaret Signature Theater. He's my favorite director, my favorite theater director. Um, Amazing. But someone like him who doesn't doesn't even have the capacity to yell. That's my yeah. favorite kind of director. And same oh. thing with Eddie. It's I, Eddie Burns is, will never get anything but glowing reviews out of me because same same deal. He doesn't have the capacity to I love to it. Or to really lose the shit. I've been
0: talking an no. hour and a half. <laughs> you have been incredible. I have one more oh. question for you, and then we have to wrap, unfortunately. But oh I want this we're gonna like, have to do this again.
1: We might have to do this again because this has been a, not a conversation. This is just me. <laughs> it's been me. I've been no, uh, all day and I'm just talking.
0: <laughs> no, the, trust me. These, everybody listening hears from me all the fucking time. They want to hear from you. Um, right. Okay. So two, two questions. Number one, if you wanted people to know something about working on Broadway that they might not know, what would you want them to know? And number two, our wrap up question is Stage is yours. Is there anything that you want to leave everybody with today?
1: Okay. Number one, um, I think I I didn't know. um, Because, you know, when you're doing educational theater, you get like what, like a weekend to perform what you're working on. And I did not realize how. truly labor-intensive doing a run of a Broadway show is. Mm. Um, I did not realize that uh, doing an open-ended run is maybe, like, something that I'm not personally capable of. Like, mm. I I don't think I can do it. Like, um, I just, because I I don't have the the stamina for it. Like, I don't have the, um, I don't have, like, the brawn to get through it, Rachel. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't. Like I have the constitution of like, I don't know, like a Victorian like cholera survivor. Like I, I'm, I'm not weak. Like I can, I'm pretty resilient. I can stand a lot, but I break, my bones break. Like I, you know, it's, so even if emotionally I I wanted to get through more of my long run of being Girls than I did, um, like physically, I just, I was not able to do it. Um, So I think, like, be prepared for that, like, it's very hard, Um, very, 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 very hard, way harder than you think it's going to be, especially, like, the first six months is so exciting, like, when you're opening a new Broadway show, because you have so much going on, and there's, like, press, and it's, you know, a lot of energy, and everybody who put the show together is in the building, and you're all having a good time, and, like, You know, and like Casey Nicholas coming up to your dressing room to give you notes and you're like getting a hug before every show. And like, that's really fun. But like it's but then that goes away and then you're just you're just there with the run of the show and it gets harder every week. Yeah. And for some people, it doesn't. For some people, it's it's just as exciting um a year in as it was the first day and like i'm so jealous of those people Mm -hmm. and i i admire them so
0: much um so there's that and what was the second question the second question is floor is yours one thing you want to leave everybody with today um oh
1: my goodness i know um, I think that you're a really good friend, Rachel. <laughs> oh, I love
0: you. <laughs> I did
1: not I, pay her to say that. I think that's just true. I think you're a really good friend and I, at the risk of being so super savvy, I'm just, I'm glad you're in my life. You're good. Yeah. You're a good friend and you're a, a safe person to, um, to savings too. It's
0: wild. I know I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to. <laughs>
1: Draw attention to you because you're you're the host or
0: whatever. No, it, it's, I'm blushing. Thank you. I love you too, <laughs> so and thank yes. you for coming on and for sharing yourself and for talking. And oh my God, <laughs> it really like seriously. I I think that so many people view humans that are in the entertainment industry as like i don't know so far away or like not as yeah. human or uh, Listen, and
1: i i do it too i think we want to think that there is a brand of human that is superhuman right yeah. like and i think we we look to uh specifically actors to like be that to like literally i mean some of them literally play superheroes but we we look to them to like exemplify like the best that we could possibly be. Yeah. But we're just, just, we're, just people. People. we're just as breakable.
0: <laughs> yep. I love you. Thank you. you
1: too. yay.
0: That's all for today. You sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together.